In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis from all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the Gold Dome. And today we're joined by AJC reporter Jeremy Redman, who has been covering all the fallout of the coronavirus, uh, not only in the city of Atlanta, but all around the state. And we have we sure have a lot to talk about. We have been covering um, the, the coronavirus intensely in the governor's response and the legal battle with Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms all week. Uh, Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, glad to be back with you, Blue. We're teaming up again. Yeah, uh, blue and red together again. Well, That's Jeremy, right. let's, let's start from the get-go, um, which is the governor has long restricted s- cities and counties from taking, uh, going beyond his statewide order. Uh, and his statewide order only encouraged but not mandated the use of masks. But on Wednesday, he took it a step further and explicitly said that cities and counties cannot require mask mandates. That set off a legal battle with Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms the very next day because he filed a lawsuit that is now the major national story um, saying that she could not enforce a mask mandate in the city of Atlanta and other coronavirus restrictions. So where are we right, right now on that? Yeah, so the lawsuit um, that Kemp filed is in the Fulton County Superior Court. He filed it uh, yesterday. And um, the summons are in. Uh, The Atlanta mayor has dug in her heels. She says she will not be backing off the mask requirement. And, you know, cities across the state are watching this play out as well with alarm. Um, You have the mayors in Savannah and Augusta, et cetera, who also are not backing down. They plan to maintain... Uh, their mass requirements in their cities. In fact, when I spoke with them yesterday, they, they've been, you know, getting on the phone with each other as recently as Wednesday night after Kemp issued his executive order and discussing strategy, how to respond to this. Um, so, you know, they're, they're prepared. They've said that they're going to defend uh, their mass requirements as far as they need to. And you talked to Savannah Mayor Van Johnson, who triggered this whole kind of wave of, of mask mandates. And right now there's about 15 or so local communities around Georgia that have enacted mask mandates, including some of the biggest cities in the state, uh, Savannah, Augusta, Brian Kemp's hometown of Athens, and of course the city of Atlanta have all enacted these restrictions. But it, it, was, uh, it was set off by Mayor Van Johnson, who on, back on June 30th, um, established this requirement with a $500 uh, potential citation, potential fine for people who violate the order. 
And when the governor didn't respond to that, um, kind of sidestepped the issue, it sent the signal to other local governments and communities that they could take the same measure. What, what did Mayor Johnson tell you about his decision to require this and be the first Georgia city to do so? Yeah, I spoke with him yesterday and he made a couple interesting points. First of all, he pointed out that, look, other states are doing this, requiring statewide mass requirements. Uh, Alabama uh, just this week instituted a mass requirement. So Mayor Johnson's point is, is, you know, if Alabama, a deep red state can do it, why can't we? Uh, but also he gets at the point of confusion um, that if different states are doing different things, how are people supposed to uh, react when they're going back and forth across the border? There are numerous cities along the Alabama border uh, where people, tourists, workers travel back and forth. Phoenix City, for example, and Columbus is one good example. The other thing that Van Johnson said was, look, you know, we're on the coast in Georgia. Uh, we're a destination city. We have people coming in from South Carolina and Florida. And those two states right now are having surges of coronavirus cases. The coronavirus does not respect boundaries. And he says, look, this is a public health concern. That's why we put the mask requirement in place. It's not about politics. And we've got a lot of questions about why the governor has targeted the city of Atlanta and Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms um, rather than sue, let's say, the city of Savannah or the city of Athens or other communities that have enforced restrictions. And I, I think there's two answers to that. One is what the governor has, has, has laid out, which is that the city of Atlanta um, went beyond the mask mandate. It, it, Mayor Bottoms on uh, a week, about a week ago, also did something called reinstituting phase one guidelines. And what that means is that um, she, she uh, recommended some new business restrictions. She recommended that restaurants close for uh, close their dining rooms. She recommended that citizens stay home uh, except for essential uh, reasons to leave their homes. And she recommended that, that other businesses enact more restrictions. So in that sense, the city of Atlanta has gone beyond Savannah and Athens and some of those other communities we just talked about. Um, who, who have enacted simply just ma mask mandates. But she also, there's also another reason, of course, and that is because Mayor Bottoms is one of the top Democratic figures in the nation right now and a potential running mate to Joe Biden. So there's a political purpose behind this too. You've got one of the leading Democrats on the, around the country in a legal fight with Governor Brian Kemp, who is one of Trump's top allies in the South. Um, and, and that can't be taken away from this entire equation. Right. There's an issue of timing here, too, um, that we should note. Uh, the, the lawsuit is, is nuanced, of course. It's a variety of things. It's not just about masks. It's about Atlanta's comprehensive approach to fighting the coronavirus. But the timing is, a, a, is important here. So the executive order that uh, Kemp had was supposed to expire on Wednesday night. So he needed to act if he was going to renew it uh, Wednesday evening. But Bottoms, you know, in a virtual town hall meeting yesterday, talked about a different element of the timing. And I'm quoting her saying, look, she says, but when this, she, she mentions, by the way, that Savannah and Athens had mandated face mask requirements before Atlanta. And then she goes on to say, and I quote, but when the city of Atlanta put forth a mask mandate and it was noted the president violated that mask mandate when he did not wear a mask at Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport then suddenly the governor has taken a formal position on masks in the state of Georgia. As you know, Greg, you were there covering Trump's visit uh, to Atlanta uh, this week, and he did not wear a mask during his visit, correct? And I, I think Kemp did for part of the time. But um, the mayor's point is, is, you know, she doesn't see a coincidence 
uh, here in the timing. Yeah, and by the way, um, the, the president's visit came on the same day as the governor issued that new statewide order. It was shortly after Air Force One took off is actually when the governor outlined um, the, 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 the new restrictions, uh, the new explicit restrictions, we should say, because that, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a part of this entire debate, too, is that the cities and counties have, as we mentioned, have long been banned implicitly from a mask mandate. But this was the first time that the governor spelled it out. And it really seemed to, to, to me and you, and you put this in the very top of your story on that, to bolster this uh, as an attempt to bolster the state's legal case um, against cities and counties to do so. But at the time, it wasn't clear that the governor would actually do that because there's an optics issue, too, um, with, the, with, the, with the governor um, filing a lawsuit against cities and counties that are that are seeking to protect their citizens. And we've talked to several Republican mayors as well who disagreed with the governor's lawsuit. And, and that's kind of uh, the rub here because you've got a, at least two dozen states, including several led by Republicans who have instituted mask, statewide mask mandates, several others like Florida, South Carolina, who have let local communities decide on their own whether or not to have mask mandates. Our governor in Georgia is the only to be actively trying to block these mask mandates. So once again, he's kind of on the uh, on the bleeding edge of this issue. I asked him about it today, and he just he he uh, he kind of repeated what he had said earlier in earlier statements that said he's worried about the economic fallout of these restrictions, confusion from businesses that he said are it, quote freaking out over restrictions and. And at least one restaurant temporarily closed. It has since reopened, but it temporarily closed after the mayor's order. So he cited confusion and he cited economic fallout for his reason why he's kind of bucking the trend of other 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 governors across the nation and taking this action. Yeah, it, uh, it bears repeating, you know, that Kay Ivey, the governor, Republican governor in Alabama, on the very day that Kemp issued his executive order and renewed it, that she issued a mask mandate that took effect Thursday. But also, you know, while this is happening, you have large retail companies announcing that they will require face masks for their shoppers. So Costco or Price Club, you know, had already done that. Then came, you have um, Sam's Club and Walmart, Kroger's, now Publix. These are major, uh, you know, retailers that are, you know, deciding that they're going to require shoppers to wear masks in their stores. The mayors I interviewed yesterday in Georgia who were reacting to Kemp's lawsuit uh, with concern were citing these businesses. Uh, the other aspect of this, too, is that you have cities and counties where if, you know, the mayors and the official there are hearing from businesses saying, look, if you would just issue a mass requirement for this region, then we'll be a level playing field. And we don't have to be the bad guys as company or store A versus store B that is not requiring masks. So that's part of this as well is um, we're hearing from these local officials who are telling us that their businesses and their communities are telling us do one thing, require masks, for example, so that we can all be on the same level playing field. Yeah, that's a good point because and it's not only private businesses, but also school districts. And there's a, a carve out in the governor's order that allows school districts to continue to require masks for students and employees too. So there's a little point of confusion there. On one hand, the governor is allowing 
um, schools to continue requiring masks. And on the other hand, he's, he's barring local governments from continuing to require masks. So you can see where, where there is some confusion built into the process. And that's going to be, that's another, you know, major part of the story is, is how schools decide to reopen over the next few weeks and months. Um, I know that our local school districts are, are postponing, a lot of Metro Atlanta school districts are postponing um, plans to open schools and, and offering virtual learning. And, um, and the mask mandates play into all that because there's a lot of, there's a lot of parents who are concerned about either um, a lack of mask requirements in their local school districts or, on the other hand, um, you know, having students have to wear masks throughout an entire school day could be disruptive for learning. So that debate will continue to rage as well. Yeah, I mean, these school districts are doing everything across uh, the gamut here on uh, starting schools or delaying them. For example, you have uh, several Atlanta school districts announcing that they're going to start online only. Uh, in contrast, you have a, a suburban school district like Cherokee County, where they plan to start on time. Teachers will be required to wear masks, but not students. Um, and then the University System of Georgia, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Greg, but I believe that they are requiring masks uh, on their campuses. Mm-hmm. So that's causing confusion among readers who are seeing, you know, on the one hand, Kemp uh, suing to block Atlanta and you know, issuing this executive order blocking other cities and counties from requiring face masks, but allowing campuses in these very same communities to acquire masks uh, yep. at universities. And I want to read you some two of the quotes that we collected from from the the two leading mayors involved in this back and forth. One is from Mayor Mayor Bottoms, who said this: "A better use of taxpayer money." Would it be to expand testing and contact tracing? If being sued by the state is what it takes to save lives in Atlanta, then we will see them in court. And the second is from Mayor Van Johnson. And I know you talked to him at length yesterday, but this is what he put on Twitter. Governor Kemp does not give a damn about us. So we've got some pretty uh, harsh responses from these these mayors who are, who are pitting this as a, as a matter of, of public safety and public health um, that goes beyond economic fallout. Yeah, indeed. You know, um, they've got their own constituencies um, in these cities, but there's certainly politics as a backdrop of all this. As you well aware, Greg, and you've reported and, and written about this extensively, um, you have Bottoms as being discussed as a potential running mate for Joe Biden. So that has to be an aspect of this as well. As she's on a, you know, being watched nationally for her actions. Um, isn't that an element of this, uh, of what we're talking about? A hundred percent. And and I mentioned this a bit earlier, but what we've seen is a complete disintegration of the relationship between uh, Mayor Bottoms and Governor Kemp. These two were never best friends like like uh, like Kasim Reed and Nathan Deal were doing doing that kind of de- almost decade long partnership between those two men. Um, they were never going to have the same bipartisan, you know, fabled uh, alliance that the, the, those two um, those two men had. But, you know, you had a glimmer of a, of a workable relationship in their first year or so in office where they, they helped each other out on certain key issues, even though they remained di- diametrically opposed on some of the biggest flashpoints in the country, like immigration and abortion and other and voting rights and other other big political hot button issues. Um, but that relationship has completely disintegrated over the last year, week and a half or so. Um, and really what sped up that disintegration was the governor's decision after a weekend of violence last week, last weekend, about about two weeks ago, maybe, um, after 
a weekend of violence that included the ransacking of the Department of Public Safety's headquarters in Atlanta to deploy a thousand National Guard troops in the city of Atlanta. Um, that infuriated Mayor Bottoms. She said she vocally objected to it, and it really set off what we're seeing right now. It, you know, it's really a shame because these two need to work together at this point because there's a, there's so many things going on revolving around public safety. Aside from this deadly and unprecedented pandemic, you have, you know, protests that have been you know, going throughout the city for, for weeks over first the, the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis and then uh, Ahmaud Arbery um, in that whole case and then Rayshard Brooks and Breonna Taylor. And they've really, the city and the state really need to coordinate on these issues of uh, public safety involving, you know, how do they react to these protests uh, and calling out the National Guard. Um, it's, it's something like... Uh, it's a terrible time for this relationship between these two leading political figures to break down. And look, Jeremy, you're, you're right. I mean, look, when we were covering the voting rights fallout and I was interviewing voters who were waiting in eight hour long lines to cast ballots, um, they didn't care about the finger pointing between between government officials about who was to blame. They just wanted to be able to cast their ballots. And uh, same thing we're hearing from, from voters about masks. Uh, they, they want clear and concise uh, requirements. There's a lot of confusion out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, just, just kind of gray area. And what they want to know is, is there a requirement to wear masks or not? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 the governor pitches that as a personal responsibility. Um, the city and, 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 and other local officials say that um, it's, it's a mandate, but there's a lot of confusion right now. And there's, and there's so much gray area. Um, and, and let's, let's be clear too. Um, the city went beyond those mask mandates. And I think that's probably why it's, it's at the center of, these, of this legal action is because they also went to those phase one guidelines I mentioned earlier, and that's why it's become a, a target of litigation. And the mayor said, bring it on. Um, she said those are just recommended guidelines, not mandatory. And so if the governor wants to target us because we're recommending certain things be, be put in place, then we'll take that any day. So they're pretty confident they can win this battle. Um, we've talked to legal experts who have differing opinions, um, but you know what? The one thing we have heard from, from most of them is that this will set a precedent about state power over local control that will be, wa- that will be watched by the courts for a long time. Indeed, you know, and the, the larger issue uh, here too is just how masks have become politicized. You know, we're months into this pandemic and uh, the scientists you know, who we've talked to, there was a consensus that masks are effective in preventing the spread of this disease. But yet we're still arguing over whether they are effective or not. And I talked to Brian Castrucci yesterday. He used to work for the Department of Public Health in Georgia. He's an epidemiologist with about 10 years of experience working in state and local health departments. He's now the head of uh, the De Beaumont Foundation, excuse me, in Bethesda, Maryland. And I spoke with him about this yesterday, and he had a really interesting take on this. He said, look, and I'm quoting him, he said, it's it's more than 134,000 Americans who have succumbed to COVID-19. And he said, my question would be for those who say it's a low mortality rate, just tell me how many dead Americans we need before you'll put on the mask. And he was pretty worked up about this when I talked about it yesterday. He feels so strongly about it. But the masks do work. 
And if you go out in public these days in Georgia, you'll have some people not wearing them and some do, some are wearing them. There are clashes between them over this issue. Um, and it's really, it's, it's really, really unfortunate that it has become a politicized issue in the middle of a deadly pandemic. And, and, and when I was doing a, uh, some national media interviews that, over the past week about this, that's the question that kept on coming up. Um, you know, and it's an important question because top state Republican officials in Georgia are not discouraging the use of ma- masks. In fact, they're encouraging them. The governor is wearing masks at events. He went on a statewide fly-around tour um, promoting the use of masks. Um, other top Republican officials are doing so. I was with Senator David Perdue the other day. He was wearing uh, not just a mask, but like a kind of a giant American flag bandana that he's been wearing for, for a while around his 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 nose and, and mouth to, to contain the spread of the disease. Um, so they say, Republican officials say, this is not about... Uh, you know, politicizing the use of masks at all. It's just not, a, it's, it's just about not, re, not, not adding another adi- government restriction on masks. The governor said um, just, just on Friday when he was talking about his decision, he said, it's the community that's going to stop the spread of this disease, not the government. That's kind of been his mantra. The, the, this entire coronavirus, uh, uh, you know, uh, outbreak is that it's going to take community leaders and not le- leadership from the governor and the government to stop this. And that's why he's kind of welcomed private businesses from, from, from doing, from, to doing their own things. But you're talking about a fundamental ideological divide between the governor and, and, and Democrats who say that, that he should step up even more. And that's kind of the rub of this whole thing. Isn't there some tension too in this, Greg, uh, within Republican politics about, on the one hand, uh, not um, you know, having an onerous government requirement uh, but on the other hand, you know, letting local governments decide, um, it, that seems to be that there is a little bit of tension here. And some of our readers have pointed that out, that while on the one hand, the Republicans will say, look, um, we don't want to tell local governments what to do. But in this case, they are telling them what to do. So uh, is that something that's surfacing in your conversations as well? Yeah, I mean, you're, exa- you're right. I mean, what, what happened to local control Republicans? And um, I've asked the governor about that, and I've asked his office about that um, several times before. And what they point to is in March, when the pandemic was starting to grow, and you had a patchwork of state, uh, of, of local restrictions. Remember back then you had, you know, one county that might have, have a curfew and another county that things were kind of wide open in. Um, and sometimes those counties were right next door. So you'd have cities with, with really stringent requirements in counties that didn't have them. And so what you really had was a complete confusing mess of, of different restrictions. And so they point to those days when, you know, there wasn't a statewide mandate um, for, for any sort of uh, restrictions at all. And say, well, back then, you know, all those local mayors were complaining about uh, this patchwork. Now that they uh, now that they have a statewide mandate, they're, they're complaining about that. Um, so that's kind of what they point to. But what that, that of course, um, doesn't reflect is exactly what you mentioned, which is that not only is there a confusing um, message in Georgia over local control, but you have other Republican governors. You mentioned Alabama. Um, there's uh, Texas um, and many, many other states. 28 states right now, as of this taping, have some sort of statewide mask mandate, including West Virginia, which is about as conservative as you get, um, even more so than Alabama in some measures. Um, has also a mask mandate. And then those other states that don't have a mask mandate but allow locals to do their own. Georgia's the outlier there. And uh, it'll take this legal battle to, to determine whether or not Georgia continues to be the outlier. But what the governor and his deputies have all said is he is not backing down from the stance. 
on that point, you know, when I spoke with the mayor of Augusta yesterday, Hardy Davis, he said, look, you know, we've got a mask requirement in place for public health. But just across the border in South Carolina, they're, they're right across from the Savannah River is South Carolina. You have Aiken, South Carolina, that just on Monday passed their own mask requirement. So, you know, the mayor points that out is that, you know, the people going back and forth across the border, there could be confusion. Another element of this, Greg, is, you know, um, because of this confusing approach across the state, is it's got to be difficult for those people in, say, a Walmart um, who, or in a, you know, whatever store you can choose that where they're requiring mask is to tell customers that they have to wear a mask. And they're mm-hmm. saying, look, uh, state law does not require that. There is no face mask requirement in it. Well, this is private property, but in this can snowball into pretty, you know, touchy confrontations. I, I just, I don't envy those folks that um, are working at these stores and are trying to enforce a mask requirement in them because of the confusion. Yeah, and of course it comes from not just the governor, but from the very top. And we barely touched on this, but this was the same week that, that President Trump landed in Atlanta not wearing a mask. He, he just a couple days earlier had been spotted in public wearing a mask for the first time in a very long time. Um, uh, but, but when he visited Atlanta to speak about infrastructure improvements um, and a policy change of a decades-old uh, environmental rule, he was not wearing a mask, although many of the Republican officials that were greeting him were. Um, and the mayor of Atlanta also called that out and said technically he is violating a, a, the city of Atlanta's mask policy because the airport is on Atlanta property. So that's just a glimpse of the torrent of news. We didn't talk about so much other that happened, including the abortion uh, law that was over, overturned, uh, Georgia's anti-abortion law, and just so much else. But we have been drinking from a fire hose, Jeremy, and I know we'll be continuing to drink from that fire hose, um, geez, these next few months, all the way through November and the January Senate runoff that we're, that we're already planning for. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, glad to be back with you again. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia. You'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. It really means a lot to us when you do. And as always, thank you for listening. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.